You're listening to The Higher Ed Marketer, a podcast geared towards marketing professionals in higher education. This show will tackle all sorts of questions related to student recruitment, donor relations, marketing trends, new technologies, and so much more. If you're looking for conversations centered around where the industry is going, this podcast is for you. Let's get into the show. Welcome to the Higher Ed Marketer Podcast. I'm Troy Singer with Ring Digital, here with my co-host and friend, Bart Kaler with Kaler Solutions. And each week, we find interesting schools and people to have conversations with for the betterment of the entire higher ed marketing community. Today, we talk to Amanda Nickel and Brittany Belts from the University of Finley Advancement Department. And Bart, the reason why I asked them to be on the podcast is because they are a small school here in Ohio that's doing some unique things within their advancement department. And within our conversation, we do a good job with them of highlighting it. And I think that some people will be surprised what they can do with this unique idea. It's one of those ideas that I have not come across before, and I love the way that they approach it. It reminded me a little bit of our uh, conversation with Bill Stanjakevich at the uh, IU School of Philanthropy and just the idea of kind of getting that, that uh, culture of philanthropy even into your student body. I mean, you know, I know a lot of schools are like, oh, we've got that culture of philanthropy with our alumni or with our donors. You know, we have our town and gown dinners and things like that. But this is an idea of really kind of teaching that from day one. And I really love how they unpack that for us. And they just have a lot of really practical ideas for us on this episode. I love them both. It's a very sincere conversation. Here are Amanda and Brittany from the University of Finley. Amanda and Brittany, we are eager for us to get into the conversation and share a lot of the wonderful programs that you are executing at the University of Finley. But we always start our conversations out by asking our guests to share something that is new or unique that you've learned recently. So, Amanda, you are up first. So this week I learned how to make chicken divan. Oh, that sounds good. And I, and I, I, it was very good, actually. I thought I was going to mess it up, but I did quite well. I was proud of myself. Well, maybe another secret that I should tell you is this is one of the ways that we know where we're going to have dinner the next few weeks. So we'll expect <laughs> an invite. <laughs> Please come over anytime. <laughs> Thank you. Brittany, your turn. Okay, so I have a silly fun fact. I learned that a crocodile cannot stick its tongue out. I did not know that. A little interesting uh, interesting tidbit I did not know previously. There you go. I, that is That's something cool. that I'm going to put down. And thank you very much. Love that you're in the spirit of our question. Yes. Everyone, we are talking to Amanda Nickel and Brittany Belts from the University of Finley. And they are in the advancement department. If one of you would give everyone a little synopsis or description of the University of Finley. University of Finley, we are celebrating our 140th anniversary this year. So we were founded by the Churches of God and the city of Findlay in 1882, which is um, wild to think about. Um, So we just celebrated at our most recent homecoming in October, the 140th anniversary and the uh, campaign launch for our Together We Will campaign. Very good. We're going to be talking about advancement today. Sometimes we talk about enrollment. 
marketing. Sometimes we talk about advancement marketing. So just give me a little bit of a thumbnail about the approach that advancement does there at the University of Finley. I know that you've probably got major donors. You've got the campaign going on. We're going to dive a little bit deeper into some of your uh, student philanthropy aspects. But just tell me in general kind of that overall philosophy of the University of Finley and the way that you do your um, advancement work. So um, I'll take this one. Um, we approach our advancement work as a um, comprehensive uh, piece. We, uh, in our roles, Brittany and I work together in the annual giving area. And so we do a lot of the uh, mailings that come out of our office. We do emails. We also do the giving days that happen within our office. So we do a lot of email and social media work. And um, we also do a lot of work within our campus. We do the uh, employee giving campaign, and so we do face-to-face -face contact with a lot of our donors. Uh, we work with major donors as well. Any type of communication that can happen with a donor that will make a annual consistent donation to our university, but we also are interested in helping um, a donor find a passion and, and a place here on campus that they can really feel at home. And so if they find that and they'd like to make a larger investment, we do love to make that happen. That's great. Probably a lot of, probably a lot of relationship uh, building, a lot of relationship management. At least that's what I've experienced in the, uh, in the um, smaller privates that I've been a part of. I, you know, we had talked in the pre-conference just to, you know, full, Full disclosure for everyone, um, my alma mater, Anderson University and University of Finley are in the same athletic conference. And so I remember uh, going to college and watching the football games against each of our schools. And so similar aspects and, and you know, my experience of serving on the capital campaign cabinet at my alma mater, I can understand that there's probably some similarities in the way that you approach advancement and, and my experience as well. So that gives us a lot of really good context for today. And that's very helpful and very important. I imagine too, being 140 years, you know, you obviously have a lot of living alumni. Uh, how many are you currently serving? The last number that we had was 28,000. Am I correct in that, Brittany? I think that sounds right, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that's important for everybody to know as we start talking about things. We're going to focus a little bit more on the, on the student philanthropy, but Amanda, I imagine that, you know, there's a lot of different ways that you're having to market across generations. I mean, you're, you've got, you know, young alumni who are Generation Z and the current student philanthropy work all the way up to the silent generation who are in their 90s. So, you know, I'm sure that's a, that plays into how you do your marketing. Is that true? It is very true. Um, I like to call it a cross-functional approach to how we communicate with our alumni. So if we have a piece that we mail out, we have to figure out how do we create that piece in any different type of communication. So it's going to be in a hard copy, it's going to be an email, and it's also going to have to translate into social media because our donors are going to absorb that in all of those different ways. I love the fact that you mentioned that because that's one thing that, that, I, that I think a lot of times advancement offices fail to see is that, oh, we'll just send a letter out. Well, your Generation Z are not going to open their letters, um, you know, and so, so you've got to really think that through. So that's that's really exciting, and I appreciate you sharing that And before, before we get into kind of the specifics of today's conversation with everything. We invited 
the members of the University of Finley to be on the podcast for two reasons, because they have some big things that are happening that we wanted to help um, highlight and hopefully others will glean from. The first is back in October, they announced that they are embarking on their largest capital campaign in the history of the university. And we were hoping that you would kind of take us on the journey of both how it got started, how the initiative, uh, the journey to get it started, and then also where you're at now and what the next steps are. So if one of you would share a little bit about the Together We Will campaign. The reason that it was started really was to strengthen our scholarship ability for students. Um, we are also very interested in renovating our learning spaces. So it is a student-focused campaign. So when you look at the priorities that are built within our campaign, um, it really is focused on enhancing the student experience. So whether that is providing scholarships, building the endowment for the future for students, building um, and renovating the buildings that are here for students, uh, reevaluating programs that we offer, uh, it is all really focused on that. Uh, we are also interested in creating different types of professorships and director level positions, but those are also endowed. So it is really gleaning into the future for what uh, students in the future are going to need. And so I think that that really provides leverage for what not only students need, but what donors are interested in helping create for our students. When you ask any of the leadership here at the university about how it got started, I think the word that I would use, collegial and collaborative, is really what we like to say. This was not a an advancement created initiative. This was a university-wide initiative and it, it really started out of the need to meet the needs of our students. So um, while advancement may have taken the role in guiding the process, it really was a way for everyone on campus to provide input and there were um, leadership meetings, there were um, meetings across campus where different colleges could talk about what needs they had and then all of those meetings came together and that was where all of our priorities came into play. So really everyone here on campus had the ability to provide that input. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Today's podcast is brought to you by Ardeo Education Solutions. Ardeo helps colleges and universities increase access to education while giving students and families financial peace of mind. Ardeo's loan repayment assistance programs, known as LRAPs, help students with modest incomes repay their federal student, parent plus, and private loans. Ardeo's LRAPs give students the confidence they need to enroll and are a win-win for your institution. To learn more about Ardeo and see case studies from institutions like yours, visit ardeo.org. That's A-R-D-E-O dot org. Welcome back. Let's rejoin the conversation right here on The Higher Ed Marketer. I love that idea of just being able to have some collaboration across campus. I think sometimes that's missing, whether it's in advancement or enrollment or, or just 
you know, as marketing in general, marketing and communications, you know, a lot of times it's kind of said, oh, well, they're in charge of that. So they go do that. Or they're in charge of going to raise the money. So you go do that. I really like that collegial and, uh, and collaborative approach to everything. Cause I, I imagine that, especially when you're talking about a large capital campaign like this, I mean, you've got to have that because you've got to have the support of everybody on campus as well as the fact of, you know, you know, I'm guessing that just this idea of this cross-functional team, you know, marketing, especially a capital campaign, you've got to, you're going to be putting that in front of a lot of different generations, a lot of different individuals, as well as foundations, corporations, a lot of different people that are going to be participating in the campaign. So maybe unpack that a little bit about, you know, how does a, how does one kind of take what you've learned in that collegial and collaborative environment, but then start to roll it out to all the different audiences that you're going to be talking to? Uh, I think one of my favorite sayings from growing up, my grandma used to say it, is that it takes a village to raise a child. And and so I think when you think about fundraising, you can sort of flip that on its head and it takes it, it takes a, a village to raise the money, yeah. you know, to support those children. And so when you think about the collegiality, um, donors want to know that you work well together. And so when you think about um, the ability to really be strategic about how you approach your fundraising efforts. You're going to work well to take the the hard-earned donor dollar and then make sure that it is put forward and stewarded well. I think that's really important. So. Yeah. That's great. I appreciate that. And and I think that um, at least my experience with, with capital campaigns as well is that it gets back to that so many times. And I kind of hinted at it with foundations and, and, and uh, other philanthropy groups. They're very interested in being able to see participation um, through faculty, through staff, through alumni. So that's a big part of it. And I think that collaboration is is key to that whenever you're looking at developing a capital campaign. But I know Troy's going to kind of dive deeper here with Brittany here in a second on the idea of the student philanthropy. But I have to imagine that even getting students involved at the level that they are that becomes helps them understand as young young adults and young donors, how important that is. I'm sure that makes, makes a huge difference in your capital campaign as it relates to those organizations that are really interested in seeing participation. Is that true? Definitely. I would say we are trying to build a culture of philanthropy from the moment the students walk in the door. Um, so we actually have a freshman service project that every freshman that come in, um, they are required to do a service project um, not only on campus, but through the community as well. It really gets them introduced to the concept of philanthropy because it's it's not always um, a known concept if you're not raised in a household where philanthropy is spoken and practiced um, regularly. That's great. That's great. Brittany, you mentioned the freshman program, but then you also have another program that when I met you, you spoke of uh, very passionately. And one of the reasons why I said we need to highlight this university on the podcast. Could you please go into that? I think Bart mentioned it a little bit, and we're so eager to share this because it's something that both him and I have not heard of this concept before. So please, Brittany, the floor is yours. (laughs) Definitely. Well, I'm always excited to talk about this. So we have a graduating class gift philanthropy forward program. So this program launched in our 2015-2016 academic year and it is one of the first nationally recognized programs of its kind. 
So it is a program for our graduating seniors to learn more about philanthropy and then earn a green cord to wear at graduation. So in order to earn the philanthropy cord, there are three components. So uh, the first one is education. So we invite them to in-person, on-campus, and virtual um, education events to teach them about the importance of philanthropy, how you can be philanthropic in your life as a student, as an alum, well into your life. Another component is the service component that I mentioned. So we bookend when the freshmen come in, they do the service project. And then we ask the students to do um, at least six hours of community service in the last three hour, or three um, semesters of graduation. Um, and that counts for the component completion for one of, for the philanthropy cord. And then the final component is giving a class gift that goes to a scholarship for an incoming student in need. So it really makes a difference. Um, and the students realize that they're giving back money that is going towards students like them. Um, that students that want to be here and want to learn and um, are really excited to be Oilers. The idea that it's even just part of the culture from the freshman year, I think, is is so fascinating to me, you know, that it's that's kind of baked into the education. One, I think that's really interesting because a lot of people might hear that and say that seems rather self-serving. I don't think so. And I think it probably, you know, comes naturally out of the faith-based background of your school. Tell us a little bit about how all that fits together and how you kind of communicate that, that even that program to some of your other donors. We were founded with the Churches of God, so a giving philanthropic foundation. So we practice what we preach around here and we make it a point that everybody knows the importance of giving back and how it's made a difference in our lives. It can make a difference in lives generations down the road. Great. Amanda, how are you communicating that to even some of your major, you know, donors and and givers and things like that? I want to add one more thing. I think the important thing to understand is that we were founded by churches of God, but we do not have any faith criteria. So we, we impart that in, in and on our students, but it is uh, no requirement of faith Mm -hmm. to be a part of that. So I think that is a important piece that we do share. So you may have no faith background when you get here, but you may find it when you get here. Mm -hmm. And I think that's important. Um, And I think that's the, Uh, a nice segue to kind of talk about how we do talk about that with donors because many of our donors may have come from a faith background when they came to Finley. Um, We have many of our endowments and our scholarships that are rooted in Christian service and faith and I think that that is really important to them because they know that when our students come to Finley they will find that here and they will discover what that means and so we are able to start that discussion with them and they know that when they make an investment in the university, they're making it in a place that is helping a student find their way. Um, what, not that they're lost, but that they're um, making an investment in a place that is uh, providing that structure and environment for a student to really find a path that is theirs and unique to them. Okay. That's, that's fascinating to me. I think that that's 
a, such a good way to kind of cover the different elements. You're developing that culture of philanthropy. You're teaching that to the students, but then you're also coming full circle around to help the, the major donors kind of understand the importance of that and why you're doing it. And maybe, Brittany, too, I'd like you to kind of unpack a little bit because, I mean, most schools can say, well, that's that's a little bit more than what we do, but, you know, don't we just have a class gift every year and, you know, the seniors vote and they, you know, put the bench out there and that kind of thing. Tell me what's different about what you guys are doing with this program. So the seniors giving their class gift, um, it goes to the Finley Forward Scholarship Initiative. Um, So this scholarship goes to an incoming freshman with financial need. So I think that's really important that the students can feel good about giving back their hard-earned dollars to students just like them that are having hardship but want to come to school here. So I think that really makes it uh, a very meaningful gift and, and something that they want to do. What is the amount of the gift? So it's their graduating class year. So like our students that are graduating in May, it's going to be $20.23. It's just uh, enough to kind of get started. It's enough to kind of create a commitment. What kind of uh, percentages are you seeing of the graduating class that participate? Really great. So I started in 2020 and we were on track for a really great year. Then COVID happened, but we actually did end on a high note. We transitioned to a virtual education component. So that was something that was nice that we could still teach the students about philanthropy and educate them that way virtually. But that was that was definitely a pivot, but it's one that has stuck with us. Um, we have very busy students. So sometimes the virtual education is the only one that they can, can complete, but uh, it still gets them that philanthropy education that we want them to have. Many of our programs actually have an off-campus component or internship during their last semester. Knowing that they can still complete that virtually or not while they're here um, is really critical. So knowing that we can still provide that to them is really um, an important piece. That's great. So just talking numbers, how many students are walking with green cords uh, across the stage? Well, the semester is not over, but I hope <laughs> almost all of them. Okay. So. <laughs> I'm going to work I'm going to work really hard to make sure everybody has the opportunity to uh, to earn their cord this year. That's great. And so not only will they earn their cord and walk across with that, but you'll also have nearly 100% participation in the $20.23 class gift. Is that true? Well, I hope that is that is a hope of ours and something that we're working towards. Mm-hmm. Um, as this program has grown in the last six or seven years, we've definitely seen more interest in it. So we do want to one day work towards that high participation rate. Right, right. That's pretty exciting. We love to end our conversations with our guests with a question, and I'll uh, ask Brittany to go first. Um, if you can, if you could give a piece of advice to others on an advancement team at a school the size of Finley that they could implement immediately what piece of advice would you offer? So I actually spoke about this um, with a couple of the um, attendees at the ICAA conference earlier this summer. And I recommend everybody start a student philanthropy program. A quick story with that, I actually had a student come back to me and say, the philanthropy cord is actually what got me my job. They were in a job interview and they were neck and neck with someone else. And the employer asked, oh, what is this philanthropy cord on your resume? And they explained the components and what they did for it. And that um, was actually the tipping point that got them their job. So 
Um, it may sound daunting if it's not a program that you have in place, but I say start small. Um, start educating your students on philanthropy. It's extremely important um, for everybody to know. Thank you, Brittany. And it's unique enough, I think, just like when you describe it in your circles, people take notice. I know I did, and that's the reason why we're having our conversation today. Amanda, if you would, do you have a piece of advice that you could offer that could be implemented soon after hearing it from an advancement team member at another institution? Yes, and it may sound like very oversimplified, um, but this was actually a piece of advice that someone gave me one day. Um, when you are having a bad day and all you're getting are no's, call the best donor that you have and just have a conversation with them because they are the donor that is going to pick you up and make you feel good and you're going to be able to have things to talk about and it will turn your day around. And I will tell you that I have done that on more than one occasion, um, multiple, like hundreds of occasions <laughs> ever since then, because it is hard. It is a hard place to be sometimes. And there are days and periods of time when you get a lot of no's and projects don't go the way you want them to. But there are those donors that are always a spotlight in your, in your life. And when you call them, your day does turn around. Uh, and sometimes they will just make a gift <laughs> when you least expect it. Or they'll say, did I send my gift in? And that will definitely turn your day around. So it may seem oversimplified and you don't even think about doing it. So I would, I would just offer that tiny tidbit. Oh, Amanda, you certainly undersold that big mic drop moment at the end of our conversation. <laughs> that was wonderful. And thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you both for being guests on the podcast. Uh, if someone would like to contact you with a question and to get more information about the student philanthropy program, how would they do that? And Amanda, if you would offer your contact information first. People can always contact us at the Finley Fund at finley.edu or my email is amanda.nickel, N-I-C-O-L at finley.edu. And mine is Brittany.Belts, B-E-L-T-Z, at Finley.edu. Thank you both for giving a highlight of the wonderful things that you're doing at the University of Finley. Bart, before we close our episode, are there any thoughts that you can share on the conversation that we just had? Yeah, I just want to point out a few things. What a wonderful conversation. Thank you, Brittany and Amanda. It's been great talking with you. And I really liked some of the things that they pointed out, even at the very beginning, just this idea of you know, cross-functional communications and marketing, the idea of making sure that you have a message and then the tactic that it goes out in, whether it's in a, a letter in an envelope, whether it's a social media post, whether it's an email, you think that through when you're putting that together. I really thought that was very, very uh, pragmatic and useful. And I also really liked the idea of just being more collegial and collaborative in all of your efforts. I mean, we talked about it here from the advancement office, but the same can go true for the enrollment. It can go true for just about everything on campus. I think that the more that we can be collegial and collaborative and really put the student at the first and the foremost, the better we're going to be all the way around. I really love the fact that uh, University of Finley has done a great job of developing this culture of philanthropy through the student philanthropy program. Uh, keep in mind, I mean, 
we talked about that program and how much does it benefit everybody. I mean, the students are walking in, putting a, a green cord on their resume. They have a leg up in their job interviews. They're also paying it forward. So the student who comes in as a freshman who receives that scholarship based on that class gift can then pay it forward four years later for themselves. And then the, the major donors and other annual, you know, annual fund type of gifts and can see that and see how that's playing out and how it's really living out the brand of the institution. I just think that's so good. And I really love that last part that Amanda talked about with encouragement. I think that's great. I would encourage our admissions counselors to do the same thing. Uh, you know, if you've got a day of no's or you're on the road of no's, reach out to a student and just say, remind me again why you're here. Help me understand why you chose our school and, and just, you know, love on them and give them some kudos and just help, uh, help all the way around. I think that's such a great thing. So thank you both. It's been a wonderful conversation. The Higher Ed Marketer podcast is sponsored by Kaler Solutions, an education marketing and branding agency, and by Ring Digital, providing significant lifts in yield by following your list with precisely targeted ads. And by Ardeo Education Solutions. Ardeo helps colleges and universities increase access to education while giving students and families financial peace of mind. On behalf of our wonderful guests, my co-host Bart and myself, Troy, thank you for joining us. You've been listening to The Higher Ed Marketer. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you're listening with Apple Podcasts, we'd love for you to leave a quick rating of the show. Simply tap the number of stars you think the podcast deserves. Until next time.